Hey, good morning, Generations Church at Home. Pastor Troy, uh, what a great time in worship today. Great uh, generosity time from Tierra. And uh, here we are in the middle of July. It's summer, it's warm, it's hot where we are in California. And uh, we want to welcome you uh, wherever you're watching around the world. Today we have a very special friend, Pastor Israel Campbell of Flourish Church in Hermosa Beach, Manhattan Beach, California. He's a great friend of ours. And uh, I've asked him to bring our online message today as our guest speaker to all of our locations online. And we're excited to have him today. So just get ready to receive a great word from Pastor Israel Campbell. Hey everybody, this is Pastor Israel, and it's such an honor today to not just be speaking to our church, Flourishing Church in Hermosa Beach, but we are actually speaking at five total churches this morning all around the world. So first, let me welcome you, Flourishing Church. Absolutely love you. Such an honor to be with you at your homes today. And then I'm also speaking today at Philadelphia Church in Makassar, Indonesia. Pastor Hando Joe, I'm such, uh, it's such an honor to be preaching to your congregation and your people. Your son Kevin and Kenneth are absolute legends. I love you and your church. I love Indonesia and I love going to Makassar, my favorite city in Indonesia because of all the fish. Also, we are speaking to Seven Springs Church today in Powder Springs, Georgia. Pastor Jason, Pastor Sarah, I love you guys. We've known each other now for almost 17 years. Iron sharpens iron. Absolutely love the church at Seven Springs. Love you guys. Also speaking today here in California to my dear friends at Generations Church in Moreno Valley. Absolutely, again, love Pastor Troy, Pastor Jen. What an influence you guys and your church has been to Rachel and I here in California and, and actually believed in us before we even got here. We absolutely love you. And then I'm so excited to be speaking to Freedom Center in Bath, England. In fact, Pastor Betsy, my wife and you just had a great women's event and uh, virtual Rachel got to be with some of your ladies and it's such an honor to be speaking to your church this morning. I, everything I've heard about Bath is amazing. My friend Jared Keen told me it was the best Christmas city in the world. Plus, I want to visit Bath because I want to play rugby. I want, maybe I don't, but uh, such an honor to be speaking to all of these churches. Think about it all around the world, whether it's England, Indonesia, California, or Hotlanta, Georgia. What an honor to be speaking. And I feel like today there are messages often that you speak to the little church, you know, your local body of believers. And uh, what an honor and privilege it is to do that week in and week out at Flourishing. And then there are messages that are for the church, the big C. And I believe that that 
that's today's message is it is a global message for the church and such an honor and privilege to be able to do that. And so I just want to jump right in to the scripture verses. These texts of scripture would be familiar with Flourishing Church because we've been looking at them the last few weeks. But today, as we're talking globally, I believe these texts will reignite our faith, will increase our hope and really begin to cause us to realize what we need to do in this season. The Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 5, you should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be difficult times. <laughs> How many of you could say, whether you're in Indonesia, whether you're in England or Cali or Georgia, come on, we could all say these are some difficult times and we feel like these could be last days. The Bible says that there will be people that only love themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God and disobedient to their parents. And they'll be ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. And they will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel. They'll hate what is good. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride and love pleasure rather than God. They will act religious, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. Stay away from people like that. Then Jesus says in Luke chapter 21, verses 25 through 26, that there will be strange signs in the sun, moon, and stars. And here on earth, the nations will be in turmoil. That was Jesus talking about the times we live in now. We'll be perplexed by the roaring seas and the strange tides. People will be terrified at what they see coming upon the earth, for the powers of heaven will be shaken. Finally, the Bible also says in the last days, Acts chapter 2, verse 17, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. Finally, last text that I'm going to dwell on today for all of us as the church says Micah chapter 4 verse 1. And in the last days, the Bible, the mountain rather, the mountain of the Lord's house will be the highest of all, the most important place on earth. It will be raised above the other hills and from all over the world, people will stream there to worship. Come on, let's pray. Father God, I thank you for Philadelphia Church right now in Indonesia. God, I just thank you that you are in their services and in their church today more powerful and strong like never before. I pray for Seven Springs right now. God, I pray for that great church. God, I thank you that in these end times, these last days, I thank you you're going to pour out your spirit like never before. God, I thank you for Generations Church. God, just not too far from us outside L.A., God, I thank you that they are strategically placed for such a time as this, to see revival happen in their region and in all over the world as they have churches that are based out of their movement. Father God, we also pray right now in the name of Jesus, I just thank you for Freedom Center. Father God, I thank you for my friends in England. God, I thank you for the prophetic release 
of power that is about to drop in that church like never before. God, I thank you for miracles that are happening even as we speak. God, I thank you. Healings are taking place. And Father God, we pray for flourishing churches. We just made an announcement just a few weeks ago going from wave to flourishing. God, I pray we would be like a palm tree and we would flourish in uh, the courts of our God and that we would flourish in the midst of storms or whatever comes against us. I thank you that, God, today you're going to illuminate the word for all of us all around the world. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Come on, say amen. I know you may be watching from home, but you could, you know, put some kind of prayer hand emojis. You could put the hand up emojis. However you're watching, you can elbow your, uh, your spouse if they're still asleep and you're awake. But somehow, I want you to be interactive with this, even though we're across the world watching at different times, we can still connect to our faith. How awesome are those scripture verses? First of all, it's amazing to me that the Bible is not shocked about the times that we're living in. In fact, the Bible prophesies there's going to be some difficult times ahead. And Jesus says people will be losing their mind and their cool. How true is that? And so I love that the Bible prophesies what we're in today. But what I actually love about the Bible is that it not just tells you, hey, there's going to be some difficult times in the future. What I also like about the Bible is it tells us what's also going to get us through those difficult times. And it says very clearly there are two things. There, that his, in the last days, he's going to pour out his spirit. Come on, right where you're at, watching it on your phone, watching on your laptop, watching on a tablet, watching on a big screen come on today you can say this you can say holy spirit would you fill me afresh it's the last days and a promise says you'll pour out your spirit come on how good and incredible is that but not only does the bible say in the last days he'll pour out his spirit he also says i love that verse in micah it says that the mountain of the lord's house will be the highest of all. So in the last days, the church is going to rise up. And the church is going to rise because we're full of the Holy Spirit. Come on, somebody in Bath. That was a good time to say amen. I don't know if you say amen in Bath. Maybe you say amen. I don't know, because, you know, in Indonesia, what do you say? I know in L.A., we just say, yeah, come on. And uh, so I know Generation Church has got me. They're saying, come on, but whatever. Let's get that in our spirit that in the last days, he pours out his spirit and the church Bible says will be like a mountain and it will increase. And I want to talk about that a little bit today. Now, our church, uh, we're in Los Angeles and we're just about an hour and a half from a mountain range. And most people don't realize that when they think of L.A., they only think beaches. But we actually have beaches and we have mountains not too far away. And there's a mountain called Mount Baldy. And uh, it, it, it actually is a hike that you can go. And I believe it's 11 miles from the 
base to the very top is 11 miles. Or for my Indonesia friends and my British friends, that is about 17.7 kilometers. So it's, it's a quite a bit of a, a rise to get up, and then you have to come back down. And one time, we were going to take a bunch of men from our church here in L.A., and uh, I wanted to scout it out before I went. And I brought with me uh, to go with me on the hike his, uh, uh, one of our church members, and his name is Brandon Jones. And those at Flourishing know that Brandon is an elite athlete type person. He actually does TV commercials and imitates professional football players. That's the kind of athletic build he has. And not only that, not only is he athletic, he actually makes me sick because he works at SpaceX and he is a, a rocket engineer. So not only does he have the brawn, but he also has the brain and he can lead worship. He's like the trifecta of what a man wants to be. But I went with him and we went up uh, uh, on this hike all the way up. We had to get down by a certain time or they would close the park. And, and so we had to make like quick time up and quick time down. And I'm telling you, I don't even think he broke a sweat. I don't even think that he even got tired. He just kind of like, this is nothing to him. I climb mountains every day. When I'm at work, I actually fly to Mars because I work for SpaceX. Your little mountain is nothing to me. And he just climbed up and down. And I was like, <sighs> trying to breathe, trying to catch my breath, trying to say, hey, this is a holy moment. Shouldn't we just pray here for a little bit? Uh, and it had nothing to do with prayer except for the prayer of salvation. God save me. But we, we climbed it in record time and, 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 and went down record time before the park closed. And, and just a few weeks later, we brought the church. And you know, I was so exhausted after the first time I climbed that with Brandon because we, we did it at such a record pace. But the second time we did it, we went with a group of people, we went a little bit slower, took our time, and because I had already climbed the mountain, it was so much easier and enjoyable for me the second time. And as I began to think of what the Bible was speaking and the Bible was saying, the Bible was saying that symbolically the church is going to be like a mountain. And, the, and the, the Bible says that the mountain will be raised. It will be higher than the other mountains. And as I began to think about that and meditate on that, I began to think about all the mountaintop experiences that people and, 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 and group of people had in the Bible. And I began to kind of correlate that, that those stories in the Bible are like me and Brandon. The first time it was an example of, of, of how it was supposed to be, but the Bible says in Micah that it's going to be higher than the other mountains, meaning we look at those stories in the Bible as a base point to go, okay, if that's what it symbolized in the Bible, then the Bible says the last days, it's going to be even a higher mountain. Does that make sense? 
I know that sounds like a lot of Old Testament symbology and and words, but I'm going to try to break it down very practical today for you and I. Make it easy for those of you that are in Indonesia, easy for those that are in Moreno Valley. You know all about mountains and valleys. Come on, your city is even called a valley, but I see the big mountain with the M written over it. Now, my friends in Georgia, you may not know what I'm talking about when I say a mountain, but come on. I know we've got Wikipedia, and I know that from uh, a bishop to Jason, all the preaching on God's word, you'll know all about these mountains. And, and, and so we're going to get into this, and I just believe it's going to be a powerful illustration of looking at these mountains that people experienced and then going, okay, that was the base. That was the practice run for what the church is about to be. And I think that we're going to, out of this message, we are going to learn the language of mountain climbers versus the language of those that dwell in the valley. So I just wrote, there was about uh, six to eight different uh, uh, very powerful moments in the Bible that happened on mountains. And today I'm just going to talk about three of them to just kind of give us a baseline mentality of if in the last days God's going to pour out his spirit and in the last days the Bible says that his house is going to be like a mountain and it's going to be elevated where do we need to elevate does that make sense if not that's okay I'm going to explain it so a couple different mountains that were found in the Bible one of the first mountains that we come to is Mount Ararat and we know about that mountain because that's the mountain where the ark come on remember noah's ark god gave noah or something arky arky god told noah to build him an arky arky remember that song you in indonesia they're just shaking their head they don't know what i'm talking about but that was a a a song that was popular when i was a kid that's showing you how old i am but mount Ararat, right that's the mountain where remember the ark rested noah his family come out God does the rainbow, says he's never going to uh, uh, flood the earth again. And all the animals, you know, come out two by two, went on the boat, two on two, all of that. You know, you saw the movie, Russell Crowe, you you got it all. Uh, uh, But something that I begin to think about is that story of a mountain is about only saving a family and only saving a few of the species, two of each kind. It, it, was, it was just, a, 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 in a sense, a, a, a small gathering. And I began to think about that and think about that the Bible says that the mountain of the Lord will be established in the last days. It will be the most important place on the earth. He's going to enlarge it. He's going to increase it. He's going to lift it up above all the other mountains. And so if, if, if in, in a sense, if we're looking at the symbolism of the Bible saying that Mount Ararat was this and it was for a, a small one family and it was for just two of every 
mankind, this next mountain of who the church is going to be has to be taller than just a family. It's got to be taller than just a small group of people. The church is going to rise up and it is going to be a place of all nations. It's going to be a place of all types of people. It is not going to be just a small gathering, but it is going to be an inclusive community that says, even if you're messed up and even if you have not had everything together, that's okay. You're going to be welcome to this church because you remember that mountain was only for Noah and his family that was found righteous. That was only two of, uh, come on, you know, only two elephants and only two cheetahs and two tigers and I don't know how the mosquitoes got on, but only two mosquitoes. But, but all of them, it was only two. But the last days, the Bible says he's going to pour out his spirit and the Bible says in Micah that his church, come on, his house is going to be established and it's going to be above all the other mountains and everyone will stream to it. What am I trying to say? If, if, if Brandon and I went up the mountain as a practice run, Noah's day on Mount Ararat was just a practice run for just a group of people, but who Jesus is coming back to for what his church is going to be is going to be larger. It's going to be, it's not going to be just exclusive, but it's going to be for everyone. And that challenges me to say, I got to get out of my box. Come on, I got to get out of my mentality. And today, what a privilege and honor. I'm getting out of just looking at Hermosa Beach. Now, I'm come on, I'm speaking to my friends in Moreno Valley. Come on, I'm speaking to Philadelphia Church in Indonesia. Come on, we're preaching right now to Freedom Center in Bath. Come on, we're preaching to Seven Springs in Georgia. We're getting a big world view. We're getting a big view of what the church is. That a church is not just a Thomas Kincaid little building where we're nice and safe and we hide out from the world and it's only us. But the next mountain of the church that God's going to establish is a church with vision, a church wanting a harvest, a church believing for revival, a church saying, come on, we don't just want a couple people to just be rescued. Come on, we want to see the whole planet saved in the name of Jesus. I hope that makes sense to you because as I was praying, it made sense to me. A huge Revival. Other mountain that's very famous in the Bible, also found in the Old Testament, was Mount Moriah. And Mount Moriah is famous because you and I know the story. It's the story where God says to Abram, I want you to take your son Isaac and sacrifice him. We know the story. Abram's just about to sacrifice Isaac. Angel of the Lord comes down, stops him. Remember, this is where we get the word Jehovah Jireh because Abram had told Isaac earlier, come on. Uh, Isaac says, where's the sacrifice? Abram says, Jehovah Jireh, the Lord will provide. We know that this is where uh, that they caught the ram that was in the thicket. And, uh, and, and so this mountain is a mountain of sacrifice. But again, all the scripture verses that we read, Come on, we're living in the end times. We're ending in the last days. What's going to happen in the last days? Last days, he's going to pour out his spirit. What's going to happen in the last days? The church is going to increase. It's going to enlarge. It's going to be the highest mountain of all the mountains. And I think about this mountain of sacrifice, realizing if we're going to see 
true revival, if we're going to truly see the floodgates of souls come into all of our churches in Indonesia, in Georgia, in California, come on, in England, then we have to understand the principle that if there's anywhere that understands sacrifice, it's the church. And we're going to have to, not just, this isn't a message about tithing and giving, although let me speak to Flourishing Church right now, what a blessing it is that you continue to be faithful in your tithes and your offerings, and that's sacrificial giving. So grateful for you. I know all my friends that are pastors, these great churches, we're so thankful for your continuing to give. Some of you, it's massive sacrifices right now. Some of you, it's, it's some difficult times, but we understand the principle of putting God first. But it, it's, it's, it's not just that mountain. Come on, it's higher than the sacrifice of our son. That's a whole nother level of sacrifice to the church. But I began to think about that. It's not just our finances, but it's often our talents. It's how can we serve? And in a case like this, where many of us, we, we're not in church buildings, but there's still giftings that you have and, and talents that you have that you can be making a difference in our city, in our world with those talents. Are you, are you doing it? I mean, right now, you could just share this message. That's a talent. You could be using your skills on social media to be proclaiming the gospel. But it's not just that sacrifice. I'm talking about the sacrifice of taste buds. We, we all have our own style. We all have our own way that we would like church. But the church that Jesus is coming back for, the church that says in the last days will rise above any other mountain, has to rise above the level of the mountain of Mount Moriah where Isaac was about to be sacrificed. We're going to have to die to ourselves greater than Isaac was about to sacrifice his own son. We've got to get to the point where we say, God, it's not about my music style. God, it's not about my preaching preference, whether you like a teacher or you like a preacher or, or, or it's not about how long the worship songs are or how long the worship style is, whether it's too loud or it's too quiet. Come on, we've got to be the kind of people that sacrifice and say it's not about my agenda. It's not about how I would like it. I am waiting for the return of Jesus. It's the end times and I've got to understand it's really not about me. It's about God, and I'm going to be even greater than Abraham who said he's Jehovah Jireh. Come on, we have that mentality that, come on, it's not about us, but we're going to put our full trust in God. Isn't that good that the mountain of the Lord will be raised above the other mountains? I want to be a part of that. I want to begin to raise my expectation. I want to begin to raise my belief that come on, where we're at as a church, pre-COVID, come on, post-COVID, we should be higher. We should be more elevated. We should be at a place where more people want to come. And for that to happen, you and I are going to have to believe and begin to live a life of greater sacrifice. God, not my will, but your will be done. And finally, today, come on, Indonesia, they're like, finally, you haven't even started because they go for like, 
three-hour services, but today you're going to get a California service. Come on. Generations Church, you know what I'm talking about. you got back-to-back-to-back services. you got to do all that. And in England, I, I, I don't even know how long your services are. I know how long your women's event was, and you all don't mess around. Man, you guys go for it. And then, of course, every time I go to Seven Springs, you always give me that timer in the back, and I just try to ignore it. I just, oh, Lord, please, please let that not be right because I only have five more minutes. But I say all that to say, I've just got one more mountain, and we're going to wrap up. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to prophesy over you and your church, and I believe we're going to rise up during this season, not shrink back. The last mountain that I want to talk about today is Mount Carmel. And I love Mount Carmel. You are familiar with it from the text of in 2 Kings and we or 1 Kings and we actually see the great victory that Elijah had was on Mount Carmel and then we also you know that's the time where he filled the altar with water called fire down. How awesome was that? And then the Bible says that he prayed and if you remember, it had not rained for three years, and he prayed for rain. And uh, there was a prophetic transformation that took place. And, and what I love about that scripture is it was a spiritual battle that had physical, earthly transformation. It went from being barren from being a famine, from being no water, a drought, to Elijah praying for there to be rain. And the Bible says that there was an abundance of rain. And I just began to think about that and just uh, challenge myself is that if the church is going to rise higher than the previous mountains, then we've got to be higher than even Mount Carmel. I hope that makes sense. Like the, the church symbolically says that was the baseline. That was the practice run. But now the church has got to prophetically create a change in our society and in our nations and on this planet. Elijah said, come on, this situation is bad. It hasn't rained. Come on, this situation is bad. There's a drought. Elijah said, come on, this situation is bad. It has caused a famine. But I'm going to begin to call on the name of the Lord. I'm going to begin to pray. I'm going to begin to seek God that something is going to change in my area and in my land. And the Bible says that it started out just about the size of a man's hand, but they could begin to see that things were about to change. And come on, Seven Springs, can I prophesy? Philadelphia, can I prophesy? Freedom Center, can I prophesy? Come on, Generations, can I prophesy? Flourishing Church, can I prophesy? It is time for us to begin to prophetically utter and to declare that, come on, our city is going to be healed. It's time to declare that our countries are going to not face recession, but they're going to face, in a sense, the blessing of God. Come on, we're going to begin to declare over dead people that you're going to come to life. We're going to declare to those that are depressed, come on, sorrow may last for the night, but joy comes in the morning. We're going to 
going to begin to declare to those that are addicted to drugs. We're going to begin to declare those marriages that have been uh, 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 having issues. Come on. We're going to speak God's word. And just as Elijah prayed that the atmosphere would change, come on. Let's prophesy over Indonesia. Let's prophesy over England. Let's prophesy over California. Let's prophesy over Georgia. Come on. Let's prophesy that things are about to change. And that mountain was just a practice run. Come on. If Elijah could pray it, then how much more can you and I begin to prophetically declare over our families, over our church, over our nation? God, change the atmosphere. Change it from a drought to a place of abundance. Change it from a place of hurt to healing. Change it from a place of divisiveness to a place of unity. Come on. That's what the Bible says is going to happen in the last days. Let me read you one more time. Micah chapter 4, verse 1. And in the last days, the mountain of the Lord's house will be the highest of all, the most important place on earth is going to be the church. It will be raised above the other hills and people from all over the world will stream there to worship. Come on church, not just little church, not just flourishing church, but come on Philadelphia, come on Seven Springs, come on Generations Church, come on Freedom Center, this is our season to be one of the most important places on the earth is the church. People need hope. People need faith. People need joy. People need peace. And we are the dealers of all of those things because of the work of Christ. Jesus prophesied there's going to be difficult times. But the Bible also says that in those difficult times, He's going to pour out His Spirit and the church is going to be elevated. I'm ready for that next mountain. I'm ready to get out of this season larger, increasing, further than we were when before all the things that we have faced so far in 2020. I just want to pray for you. I want to pray with you. And I want to prophesy God's Spirit has been stirring me so greatly. Kevin... <laughs> Kenneth in Indonesia this is going to be the greatest season I believe in this next generation we're going to see young people flood into God's house can I just say this never been to Bath but can I say this Freedom Center Pastor Betsy you haven't even scratched the surface of what God is going to begin to do in your church Pastor Troy you and Jen I absolutely love and I just believe that movement that you have birthed generations. Right now, I, I've, I can feel the tension of you, of you holding it all together. But I just believe God's about to multiply. God's about to do things that are going to blow your mind. I've been prophesying it for years. And you're probably like, well, if you're a prophet, how come it hasn't come to truth yet? But I just believe buildings are going to be given to you. I just believe breakthroughs are going to happen. Seven Springs, I just know that this is a season 
where God is going to use your pastors with supernatural wisdom on what the next step's going to be. And your next step is greater. And you have a great lineage of what God has done. But I believe your future is going to actually be the best. And flourishing church, what's up? Come on. I'm believing. God's going to do the same thing. I, I have in my spirit. I've been, I, I just, I believe that there are campuses God's going to give us. I believe there's going to be opportunities to do things we, we didn't even know. I believe we're just going to go into some new things. And, and church will not be the same. Because the Bible says, in the end times, pours out his spirit. He also says, the church will be at another level. Come on, a whole nother level. And I just believe that. Can I pray with you, church? Come on, right where you're at. You may be at home. You may be on your phone. You may be on your laptop. You could be watching a big screen, an overflow room. But I just want to pray with you and for you right now. Holy Spirit, I thank you that it says in the last days, you'll pour out your spirit. In the last days, you will pour out your spirit and your church will become the most important place on the planet. It, it, it will be above all the other mountains. And I just pray for my friends in Indonesia, my friends in Powder Springs, my friends in Moreno Valley, my friends in Bath, and my friends here in the South Bay. Holy Spirit, just do something fresh, do something powerful. Let us not get used to what we used to be, but enlarge our vision, enlarge our faith, and enlarge our churches to be at the height and to be at the place you want us to be. I thank you for it. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Come on, say amen. If you're in LA, say oh yeah. If you're in Indonesia, say whatever the little word that goes on the screen right now translated is, say it. In England, oi, oi, oi. I don't know, maybe that's Australian. I don't want to mess up the rugby culture, uh, but say amen. In Georgia, I know you know how to say amen. You know, this text uh, talks about the end times. And I was a pastor's kid. And I was raised with talking about the end times. Rachel, my, uh, her dad had charts in the dining room all about the end times. My dad had a Dake's Bible, and if you read the Dake's Bible, he's got charts for all the end times. And it used to be this. It used to be, Jesus is coming, and, 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 and try to scare us as teenagers to get saved. And I was, I was like, no, Jesus, don't come back. I'm not even married yet. I haven't had sex. Come on, no, don't, don't come back too soon. Wait till I get married, then you can come back. And it, everything was fearful. And people were making decisions based on fear instead of based on faith. Can I just tell you something? When we talk about the end times, as you can see, it's not something we should get scared of and afraid of because the Bible says he's going to pour out his spirit. He says he's going to elevate the church. It's actually something that we should be excited about, that we get to live in some of the most exciting times in history. Everything that was in the word of God is pointing to the moments that we're living now. How cool is that? It's like Esther said, maybe I was born for such a time as this. And it's with that thought, I wanna pray with you if you're not right with God. I'm not trying to scare you, saying it's the end of the world, what are you gonna do? I'm saying it's the end times, 
and you get to be a part of something special that God is doing. And He actually created you before you were even formed in your mother's womb for such a time as this. And He knew you would be living in this moment. And He wants to help you. He wants to encourage you. He wants to change you. He wants to do life with you. And He wants to prepare eternity for you. So right where you're at, I just want to pray with you and for you. If you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, or this morning you'd say, I'm away from God, right now is your moment. Be on the right side of history. Be in the right moment that when it was what God had prophesied, you not only heard it, but you responded and got on the right side of it and said, I'm going to be a part of what God is going to do. And so just close your eyes right where you're at. Maybe today you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Today, maybe you say, I've backslid. I've just been doing my own thing. I want to rededicate, recommit my life. I want to pray with you and for you. And all you have to do is say a few very, very simple things. The first thing is just to say, Jesus, I need you. So why don't you just repeat that with me? Say, Jesus, I need you. Then say simply, Jesus, would you forgive me? Come on, say that with me. Jesus, would you forgive me of my sins? Then simply just tell him, from today on, I'm going to serve you. Come on, let's say it again with me. From today on, Jesus, I'm going to serve you. And then finally, just thank him. And he died on the cross for you. And then on the third day, he rose again. Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross. And on the third day, rising again so that I could have life and I could have it more abundant. Come on, if you just said that prayer, let us know, let the church know, direct message them, email them, comment on YouTube, go ahead and send them a direct message, a text message, let them know that you made a decision for Christ. I just want to say what an honor to be speaking today in Indonesia. Come on, Philadelphia Church. What an honor to be speaking in that Freedom Center. You rock. What an honor today to be at uh, Seven Springs. Love my Georgia family. What an honor today to be in Moreno Valley, just a few hours away from where we're at. We absolutely love your church. We love your pastors. We love your movement. And then Flourishing Church, absolutely love you. Excited about what God is going to do here and what God is going to do in this region. I love you, and we'll see you next week. What an incredible message from our very own Pastor Israel Campbell of Furnish and Church. Man, it was challenging, it was encouraging, and it's exactly what we needed in this season here at GC. Maybe you answered his call for salvation. Maybe you said yes to Jesus today. Man, could you do us a favor? All you have to do is text GC Church to 97000. There we can get connected with you and we can get you all the information as you start this new journey with Jesus. We want to make sure that we get you the information so that way we can uh, we can help you navigate the next few steps. To our partners, thank you so much for your generosity. You guys have been so faithful in giving despite all that's going on in our country and our world. You guys have been so faithful in giving and been helping the movement move. And we're so grateful for it. We just want to remind you how to give at Generations Church. It's really, really easy. You can text 84321. Text your amount to 84321. So that's an option. Or you can go to our website at generationschurch.tv. Click on the Give tab. Follow the information from there. But then the last way, which is the Church Center app. And the Church Center app is an awesome 
communication tool, giving tool that we have here at GC. So you can download the Church Center app, go through the prompts on there. It's a really safe way, real easy way to give. But like I said, it's also a communication tool as well. Yes, it's my favorite uh, thing way to give because it also has so much more to it. If you have the Church Center app on your phone, you have all the information you need at your fingertips. So yes. everything that is happening here at Generations Church, you know about it because it's right there on your phone. But you can also follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Follow GC Church Moreno Valley or GC Temecula, GC San Diego, yeah. wherever you are. Follow all of those pages because it keeps you up to date and in the loop in the note in the loop yes you are in the loop all the time at what's going on we also have gc students inc you can follow gc students inc if you have a student ages in sixth grade to 12th grade yeah. sorry excuse me um they need to follow gc students inc because we actually had a youth x virtual summer camp yeah. this past week we partnered with elevation church and they were able to watch that it was 72 hours straight and you're like, man, I didn't even know about it. It's because you weren't following us on Instagram. So you want to follow GC Students Inc. on Instagram so you can be in the know with students and also with kids. There is a GC Kids page as well. And you want to follow it because there's lots of cool stuff. But also there's something starting like now like for right your now. kids. Yeah. Their service is starting. So gather them around the TV, the, the laptop, however you're going to watch. Get in there with them. Jump, worship, listen to the word have fun together as a family as their service is starting right now right now yeah man we've got so many exciting wonderful things happening at gc thank you so much for joining us today and we hope you have an incredible week we love you church